Hey guys, we are pleased to say that we are associated with the Sophie Lancaster Foundation charity. And now, a message from one of our supporters. Hi Sylvia, my name's Gemma and the fact that you have turned this terrible situation into such a positive thing is absolutely incredible and she would be so proud of you and I, I imagine that you probably know that anyway but she you and her had this dream that you wanted to make people realize and that you know that there's the alternative world out there and I'm of a similar age to what your daughter would have been now um, you know and I remember when the news broke and it absolutely broke my heart but it also concerned my parents as well. With regards to like the foundation, it's opened people's eyes up to realise that, you know, like the goth community, the alternative community, whatever label people want to put onto it, that actually the majority of the time, those people are actually the most sensitive people that you'll ever meet. On behalf of myself, as an alternative girl who loves my tattoos and you know all that thank you to learn more about this wonderful charity head on over to www.sophielancasterfoundation.com hi i'm danielle Virgio. thanks for tuning in to the chronicles of podcast with tom and jamie hello everybody and welcome to the chronicles of podcast Today, we speak to an amazing woman who is a writer, a director, an actress, and a stunt double. These are the chronicles of Danielle Mercier. You won't catch me inside the Matrix. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 19th edition of the Chronicles of Podcast. And are the chronicles of danielle bergio it is i the bearded brummy jamie and join me with as always in this festive period it's this guy hello guys it's the scotsman tom jamie hello it's time for before we get started jamie's weighing it wasn't a good week this week ladies and gentlemen oh. i feel like i've let the side down i put a pound on i didn't have a good week last week oh, it's only a pound it's only a it's pound, only a pound. I'm, I'm not gonna hold i'm not gonna bear a grudge against myself it's only a pound don't worry no. about it next week it. it's fine good lad still that's still excellent work in a way because you've technically like you've not really like smashed it all back on no uh, it's literally it's literally it's just a quid Quid. It's just a quid, don't worry about it. It's just One a pound. single quid. Yeah, exactly. You can lose that. In, you can lose it in 30 seconds. Damn right. I'll just do lose it right now. <laughs> right now. Go right there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, Jamie, is there anything worse than when you've made a cup of tea and you're very excited for said cup of tea, but you've got to oh, get yes. through about three doors <laughs> and it's always a really tricky situation because you're like, that door cannot swing back and hit me. Otherwise, this shit's going everywhere. And there's nothing more frustrating than when it does hit you, you do spill your tea and you try to stop it spilling and you spill more to try to stop it from spilling. Yeah, I know that one. I'm so grateful I don't have a kitchen door, so I don't need to worry about that. So I obviously have a kitchen door, which is a fire door, which closes very quick. And I have my bedroom door, which is also a fire door, which closes 
very quick. Ooh, so yeah. I, so what I tried to do is I tried to swing it with my. So I carry. I got. I actually got a mug in my hand. We're not visual yet. I'll announce that in a bit. Well, I've got my visual. I've got my visual. I've got my mug in my hand. Fucking hell! I don't want to go. What's going on? What's happening? Hello? This is Monday. What's happened? Um, Mars. Why not Mars? Um, anyway, so I carry this mug, and then after, so I always swing with the foot to catch with the left hand while I'm holding the right. Yeah, I'm and then you. you have to push again to walk faster to, to close behind you. Yes, I'm with you. Yeah, but I always tend to push with the foot, catch it with the left. And as I let go to move, I'm it's too quick and it hits me in the shoulder. So I go, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> so the, it's shaking the tea everywhere. But then I get to the other door and, I, and, I, and I, then I forget when we record, I put the book, the wardrobe, the chest of drawers in front of the door. So there's not a lot of room. So I remember one time recording, I opened the door and it smacked the thing as I went to walk and I spilt coffee fucking everywhere. Oh, and I was livid. I was just like, God's sake, I just made this. Now I've got half a cup left. It's bullshit. And when I want to dump my jaffas in it, I can't reach the fucking tea because it's halfway on the fucking mug. Yeah. Do you ever have a first world problem? I always said third world problems like that. <laughs> Definitely, Definitely not a third world, world problem. <laughs> Definitely not a fucking third world problem. Um, yeah. It's always a first world fucking problem. It's like being able to carry tea. Success. It's like some sort of SAS thing, isn't it? <laughs> you have to be able to carry tea, otherwise you're not going to make it into the SAS. <laughs> All painted in black and stuff like din, 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 din. Um, Can you ca- successfully carry a cup of tea from the kitchen to your bedroom? Join the Royal Infantry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you have no doors, it don't count. But yeah, if you literally spill like a bit, then it just like shit. Ah, oh, it does my head in. Because I always try to save it and then it just spill more and you're like, well, what was the point of making that? And is it carpet or... No, it's all laminate flooring. Oh, so then you've got to worry about mopping up so no one slips in it as well. Mop it up, you say? (laughs) I just leave it for other people to slip in. Fuck you! You should see the state of my door. (laughs) I think half of it's tea. (laughs) So, Tom, we've come to give you a deposit back. We're wondering why this white door is now brown. Yeah. Why is it covered in sugar? (laughs) Oh, I just like to lick it every day. It's like a tortoise, it's like a tortoise rock thing. I like to lick it every now and again, you know. Keeps Michelle healthy. I'm part budgie. I need a, I need a lick. I released my budgie last week for fuck's sake out of a trough. Fuck me, yeah. this is a weird start. So sure. It really wound me. It just really wound me up. It's really wound me up. Hi guys, it's Scotsman Tom. Just, I think I did announce at the start, but I was so bothered about the fact that I spilled half my tea everywhere before we started recording that uh, it kind of distracted me slightly. How are you, Jamie? Good, thank you. I really want Jaffa cakes and tea now. Oh, I, I was going to show you my Jaffas, but they're in my bag. Yeah. Um, I going to say, I've eaten the fucking lot. I mean, I did eat a box a couple of days ago. Easily can be done. Easily. Eating Miss Sadness. <laughs> ah, she She's been gone two days. <laughs> I need a fucking 20 box of jappers. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm good. Like I said, that was a wonderful start to the show. I'm very, very wanting jaffers now. Very, wonderful. very wanting jaffers. I'm very I'm, wanting. I'm flowing with it. It's fine. I mean, I'm very wanting jaffers too, Jamie. To be honest with you. I'm on board. <laughs> I'm on board. Yeah. Uh yeah, pretty tired because I've just had a it's it's one of those horrible ones where you get one day off work, but I'm going for doing two tens. I've had one day off today where I've gone to see the kids and I've been busy all day. And then I'm in at seven o'clock tomorrow morning. So, oh. <laughs> And here we are recording at 20 past 10 at night. Yeah. On a Monday. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I'll sleep at work tomorrow. 
I could I could see because obviously my internet was being a bit of a bastard before we started, and you were like, "Yeah, hiya, I'm here. <laughs> Come on, then. Come the fuck on, Bridget. I've got working. I've got to go to sleep in eight minutes. You're gonna be fucking all right with you." Here's Cam Street, here's Tom Churner, here's the interview. Hey, bye. What's funny is you're not even joking. I did plan to go to bed in eight minutes' time. I'm so sorry. It's all good. I love no, you. No, it's so not, it's though, is it? I it's love fine. you too, but I know it's not. <laughs> if you were tomorrow, I'd be like, I'm fucking tired, you bastard. I'll send you a receiving message at five o'clock tomorrow morning. Anyway, how are you? I'm good. I'm really good. I'm not like yourself. I'm quite exhausted. I've just done six days in a row. Shock. Shock. Um, so, yes, I'm feeling fucked. But what's even worse is obviously the other half's been away for five days. It's really weird because obviously I thought I'd miss her. And I was like, have an amazing time. It's going to be absolutely amazing. The time of your life, she's gone to Rome. You have the time of your life would be unbelievable. Mm. And I've literally spent the last, the, the first two nights, I was like, this is shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is really shit. I'm not going to lie. Like, no. fuck, I miss her. Like, what the ass is happening? Um, and then we had our three-month anniversary on Saturday. And uh, I was like, what? And I hardly slept because obviously... But then it was NFL Sunday yesterday, so it was all good. <laughs> <laughs> I miss you, but not that much when the NFL's on, love. Oh, no, I totally did. I totally did. Like, in all seriousness, I really, yeah, I think it hit me a lot harder than I thought it was going to, and I was quite surprised. I'm not going to lie to you, boys. Um, but that cemented a lot of things for me. Cemented a lot of things for me, so I'm quite excited. But, yeah, other than that, man, I'm really good. Um, like I said, I've, I've just literally been doing what I do best um, and then doing absolute shit all. So it's just the way it goes, really, I suppose. So, uh, yeah, how's things with you, dude? I've already done, though. Yeah, what's it, what have you been up to? Oh, what have I been up to? Um, to be honest, not a lot, because I've been doing that bloody horrible 2 till 10 shift. I've not really done a lot. So I was literally trying to think before we came on here, what have I done? The only thing I've really done this week is, as it's now December, um, Elf on the Shelf has begun. Oh, so, yes. I've been spending my time trying to arrange weird places to stick the elf ready for the child. Um, last night I woke up for a wee at four o'clock in the morning and it hit me that I hadn't done the elf for the child so four o'clock this morning I was downstairs wrapping toilet paper around a Christmas tree going what is my life why do I do this to myself no wonder you're knackered <laughs> yeah. I just walked back upstairs I was like I'm asleep now but yeah so where's the self for the shuffling come from because obviously I, I have not really so I know don't... Like, it's become a massive thing, and you've got to think of 24 things to do every single year. I don't really know, but, like, my kids were older when it sort of became popular. So when we had a living, I was just like, hell yeah, this looks fun. I'm going to do this. And then the first year we did it, I was like, after two days, I was like, shit, I've got no ideas. What the hell am I going to do with this fucking elf? But no, we persevere. Um, What else have I been doing? I went to see the kids today, like I said. Ah, nice. How was that? It's good. It, it's like a weird seismic shift in the house, so it's quite strange. What do you mean? Because in the past, I'd go there, the two small ones would always be downstairs, and Harrison would be in his room being a teenager, playing on his Xbox or whatever, staying away from everyone. I've gone around there today, and Harrison pr- pretty much just lives at his girlfriend's house now. So I went around there today, and Sam's up in the bedroom. Lena's downstairs, and I went upstairs to sit with Sam and play video games. I was like, this is weird. You should be Harrison. You should be downstairs. And I'm so confused. It's like this weird teenage seismic shift going on in the house. Jamie. It's quite beautiful, though. Are your kids growing up? Yeah, I don't like it. 
Why? Don't don't like it. And my babies are not allowed to grow up. <laughs> Every now and again, man, it just obviously it happens. It's how time works. And I whatnot, know. So. Ah. But on a good news thing, which I from last week, I'm starting to feel a bit festive now. Are you actually? I'm starting to feel it now. People can't see, but I'm wearing a Christmas jumper today. I'm wearing the amazing Sophie Lancaster Christmas jumper. Go to sophielancasterfoundation.com and find the merch section and go buy one for yourself. I'm starting to feel it. I'm getting a little bit festive. So it's always good. Wow. On the 6th of December as well. Yeah, I know. It's quite early for me. You ask me again tomorrow, I'll be like, fuck Christmas. I hate this. But But speaking of Christmas as well, I brought the most amazing thing in Asda, but I haven't tried it yet. So I'll update everyone on social media when I have tried it. What is it? You know, every year they bring out the amazing little cheeses and stuff like that. Yes. Sprout flavoured cheese. Mm. You you look so disturbed right now. What? Cheese with sprouts in it. Sorry, can we just (laughs) rewind this thing? So as far as I'm aware, you've said cheese, yeah? Yes, cheese. Absolutely wonderful, glorious. Uh, not a delicacy, you know, food that is created and is just the best thing in the world. Yes, cheese, cheese, yes. With sprouts in it. With sprouts in it. Why would you do that to yourself? Because I love cheese and I love sprouts. So so do I. But why do you want to combine them? Well, I didn't combine them personally, as they did, and I was like, I'm going to get involved with this. But why? But why? But why? I don't know. I I could try it and it tastes absolutely fucking dreadful, but I just had to find out. I bet next year as to go, do you know what? Nutella's <laughs> fucking amazing. Nutella, do you know what I combine it with? Dog shit. Fucking hell. <laughs> Tell you sensation, this. It's fucking Nutella with dog shit. Yeah. Do you know what? We'll go further than that. Do you know what? We'll go further than that. Yeah. We'll have yogurt. Yeah. We'll get yogurt. <laughs> and we'll put fucking parrots in it. Yeah. Brilliant. Absolutely wonderful. <laughs> I did not expect parrots. Parrot to be yogurt. <laughs> yeah. Fucking brilliant. Parrot yogurt. Parrot I'm really yogurt. excited for that. Do you know what? Fuck it. Fuck it. Let's go the whole way. We'll get ice cream. Yeah. We'll get fucking ice cream, yeah? Excellent. Then we'll go and dig up some fucking bodies and put the bones in it. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely. Cemetery ice cream. Wonderful. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> and me being me, I brought three of them. Why? <laughs> what if oh. you don't like it? <laughs> oh, I might fucking hate this. I better well, I need, get three. I need one for now, because I need to find out. I need one for Christmas Day because my mother-in-law fucking loves sprouts as much as I do. So, you know, we need to partake. And then I brought one for Boxing Day because I have mini Christmas round here with the kids. So I need one for them too. Yeah, because I bet they're well fucking excited about sprout cheese. And for them, I ain't sharing it if it's good, it's mine. Probably start sprout, literally sprouting. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I don't understand your logic. Like, oh, oh you know, <laughs> fuck, it's delicious. I better buy 10. Coming from Mr. 25 Boxes of Cereal. Oh, now, right? Do the half school sat here going, yes, Jamie, you fucking lovely human. You have a go at me about this cereal. Now, cereal is known to be delicious, okay? So it's and cheese. It's not combined with ashes, with fucking fire. It's not combined with anything other than the fact that it's just wonderful, okay? Not even parrots. Nope. It's not combined with seesaws, park benches, or grass. It's just cereal. It's it's just glorious. It's wonderful. And you cannot knock cereal, whether it be wheat bix, cornflakes, or fucking chocolate wheat bix or anything. I'll eat the fucking lot. I don't give a shit. 
If you bring fruit or fiber near me, I will punch you in the dick. But other than that, the rest of it, I'll fucking destroy. I love it so much. I'm not joking, right? The other half went to B&M and bought me Reese's peanut butter cereal. It's meant to last. So it's meant to be about uh, six or eight bowls. It lasted me two and it lasted me a day. Because <laughs> it was gorgeous. I've known it ever. It was literally literal uh, Reese's peanut butter. I was like, oh my God. And you know what I was like? I was on a sugar rush then. I was like, shit. I better not touch it. I better not touch it. It'd be fine. I'll be fine. I'll go, you know, I'll, it's like my drug. It's like, it's like, can I have my Reese's peanut butter cereal, please? Could you just inject it into my veins? <laughs> oh, yes, that's the stuff. Oh. <laughs> What's that, Frosties? No, fuck off with your Frosties. Want Marina's Reese's peanut butter pieces, please. <laughs> Although Frosties are wonderful. I remember getting shouted at once for a lot of too much Frosties. I know there's my mum and my dad. You my dad used to take the piss out. My dad used to take the piss out of me and called me a Teletubby. Right? Why? He called me a Teletubby because I used to have two pots, bowls of cereal every morning and it'd be a case of again, 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 again. <laughs> <laughs> and do you know what, Jamie? I was fucking livid. <laughs> I didn't speak to him for ages. Because <laughs> I was like, I've got no good comeback, you prick. <laughs> At least now we know where you get it from. Oh, I, I just love cereal. That my parents just buy so much milk because I just go through it like you wouldn't believe. And they bought so much cereal because like, I went through it like you wouldn't believe. We were always... my family's fucking poor. It's because they fed my cereal addiction. <laughs> were you one of those people that you finished the cereal and you got loads of milk left and you're like, well, I'm always a top up the cereal. I did do that, but I normally drink it. Yeah, that's good. So that's what I do. But... Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, what have you been up to after this glorious sorry, serial right, tangent? A massive tangent. I'm so sorry about that. I do apologise massively. It's a massive fuck off there. Digression. Serial yes. digression there. Serial digression. Um, obviously, I've been reanering or fifth harmonying, whichever one you want to take this time. Um, so I've been doing a lot of that. Um, I've also then been at home just doing sweet FA because, like I said, the other half's been Rome since Friday. Um, and like I said before, it's obviously weirdly not me not me for six um so i haven't slept very well uh, which is great um i spent a lot of time with her before she left which is really nice there's some really nice i've got her into 24 like i said last week and we're on season two now and she's like this tv series could give me a heart attack she's like i need to sit down i was like babe we've only got past one series it's nine <laughs> you, think, you think that's gonna give you a heart attack? just wait just wait like there's gonna be so many more i need to breathe i need to sit down moments coming uh, my mum is so proud of me, so proud of me for getting her into it, Amazing. which brings me to something I want to talk. Before I get on with my week, I need to make this massive announcement. So for those that know me personally, I am a massive Eskimo Callboy fan, right? Yes. So they released their brand new single, Pump It, on Friday, and it's just the most wonderfulest song with the most wonderfulest video you've ever seen in your <laughs> The life. video is fantastic. They made a massive <clears throat> announcement today, Monday the 6th of December at 4pm on YouTube. They got such an unbelievable reaction to Hyper Hyper, We Got The Moves, and now Pump It. Jamie? Yes? They have applied for Pump It to represent Germany in Eurovision 2022 in <laughs> Turin next year. Oh, my ass. That's I'm amazing. so excited. It gets better. Okay. I shared the Pump It video 
on my Facebook on Friday, on my personal social media, and said, that's a new gym routine sorted. I got a response from somebody whom I was not expecting a response from, who is now also one of their biggest fans ever. Okay. My mum. Wait, what? My mum is now a massive Eskimo Cowboy fan as well. <laughs> to the point where she's watched their videos so many times. She's like, I just love them, Tom. I just love them. I can't get enough. She's like, I love their bowl haircuts and we've got the moves. I love the 80s hyper hyper video. And I love the 80s gym where she goes, I just love them. They're really funny. Like she goes, it's just so hilarious. I love it. <laughs> what a fucking legend this woman is. My mum loves Eskimo Cowboy. <laughs> Like, they're party metalcore, and they're German, and she's like, they're just brilliant. I just love them so much. This woman is amazing. I, I love just, her so much. She is just incredible. So I'm going to see, I'm going to see them in January for their only UK their only UK show on the 19th of, of January in London uh, with the other half. We are so excited. I'm so dressing up. Please She do. She doesn't want to, but I really do. I want a oh, massive fuck-off wig, massive moustache, I want to put proper 80s like lycra gym stuff on, sweatband around my head and my wrists, and really go for it. Oh, Do it. it. So good. And then you get to meet them afterwards and tell them to come on our show. I really want them on our show. I really do. <laughs> It'd be amazing. Not they're listed, but if they have, if we ever get them, they're on my bucket list now with John Oliver and James Spader. They're on the bucket list. Oh, Just, we've, got to, we've got to get them. So hashtag Team Germany and hashtag EC number four ESC. Eskimo Cowboy for Eurovision Song Contest. <laughs> yes, fucking get that shit trending right now. <laughs> Hashtag EC number four ESC. Let's get it going. Let's anyway, get it going. yes. So obviously Eskimo Cowboy released their brand new single Pump It on Friday. Our wonderful best mate and big fan and friend of the show, Matthew Roberts, released his brand new single Chaos on Friday as well. Yes, wonderful. He did. Please go and check that out. Please go and check that out right fucking now. Um, and also another favorite band of mine that I've noticed and just been signed, Villain of the Story, released their brand new single, Losing Control, on Friday, which is also phenomenal. I don't know who they are. Let's check them out. They're excellent. Proper heavy metalcore again. They're so good. They've just been signed. Um, so, yeah, other than that, dude. So NFL Sunday, of course, uh, last night. Um, and then I've just been doing a lot of Rihanna and there's nothing really else to report on the week, to be honest. It's been a quiet week for all. So um, now we're all cut up, Jamie. Do you think that it's probably best that we probably get one of the sponsors in yeah, quickly before they notice? Yeah, let's have, let's have a word. Hey, Jamie, do you like being cosy? I do. And do you like staying cosy? I like that even more. Then just heading over to www.staycozyclothing.com Where you can find hoodies, tees, sweaters and much, much more. With a new full line out now. And just enter The Chronicles as one word at checkout to receive 10% off your order. And make sure you follow them on the Instagram at staycozyclothing to keep up to date with all the new designs. Remember, guys, that's The Chronicles as one word at checkout to receive 10% off your order. And now back to this week's episode. Hey, this is Jay Korowitz. And Andy Lewis. And we're the filmmakers behind Cup of Cheer. And other things, too. <laughs> 
You're listening to Tom, and I don't like doing that at the same time. <clears throat> You're listening to Tom and Jamie present the Chronicles of Podcast. That's right. And obviously, we'd stay cozy at the moment. They are doing the 12 Days of Cosmos. So please head on over to the websites right now. They're releasing a brand new hoodie every other day. Uh, tomorrow is the it's Tuesday the 7th will be the new Moon Roses hoodie, which I know is a very big seller when they did the crop top. So the Moon Roses hoodie is out Tuesday the 7th. Tomorrow, this would have been three days ago when this episode is released. The pavement one that they released is beautiful. It is. And there'll be another one released on Thursday, so it have been yesterday. Um, yeah, as well. You've got a so lot to check out. Please on, go over listen. to staycozyclothing.com. Enter your code, The Chronicles, at checkout for your 10% off and get yourself a beautiful vintage limited edition hoodie from the 12 days of Cosmos. Jamie. Hello, sir. It's time for Callum's Treachings. Yeah, it is. Welcome to Callum's Treachings. We do love an edition of the Treach. Oh, we do. We love to be treached. We do. We've got some very special stuff coming up, which we'll announce after the interview today um, that you need to stick around for. Check in after the participation challenge. There is an announcement to be made. We are very excited about this. But Jamie, let's crack on with Callum. What is Callum treaching us this week? Our brains know exactly where all our organs are in our body, but they just don't tell us. (laughs) (laughs) He's absolutely right, because I couldn't tell you where half of them are. (laughs) Where's my fucking pancreas? Brain? Brain? Tell me, please. Yeah. Why have I not gone to school? Why can't you just tell me yourself? (laughs) That's a really good point. You only know because you've been shown in school and whatnot. Yes. Brayden fucking told you. That's a really good way. Po- I like that. I mean, I do like that. The only way we found out in school is because doctors went, oh, oh, that's where that is. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I see. That's where that is. Oh, brilliant. I was going to say, even those people that told us only found out because some fucker cut someone open and had a quick peek inside. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not where the stomach is. No, it's definitely not there. Is it meant to have two balls? <laughs> Probably should I probably should have worded it better than a quick peek inside, but you know. That's why don't you do work now? What's doing it? I was having a quick peek inside. Having a quick peek. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Hey Jamie. Hello. What else is Callum Treachers this week? Here's a little one that might make you two feel um, pretty good about yourselves. Uh, blind people are probably really happy that podcasts became so popular. Do you know what? He's, yeah, he's probably absolutely right, to be fair. That what became popular? Podcasts. Oh, it's a really good... Yeah! Sorry, my brain then went, I missed that word. I'm, I'm hoping... <laughs> then he didn't react, so I was like, shit. <laughs> He's absolutely right. Yeah, I've never thought of that. Yeah, because then they get to listen to stories and stuff. Because obviously, yeah, yeah, that's really. Oh, that's actually quite a beautiful like thought. Now I I feel really bad now if we start referencing visual things and they're they're still left out of the conversation. I'm sorry, blind people. (laughs) 
I like that little reference you made there. Yeah, visual, good. I like it. Yeah, yeah. visual. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful, beautiful. But you know what? Do you know what, Callum? Right? Yeah, we do feel pretty good about ourselves actually. That blind people can now enjoy audio stuff because yeah, yes, podcast. Yeah, I like that. Everyone that's made a podcast in the whole history of ever. Well done, you. Yeah. I don't know how blind people can find it on their devices to download it to listen to it, but I'm sure there's a way. Isn't that what Siri's for? Oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Because they can just talk to their phones and it'll just do it all for them. Oh. Beautiful. We like catering to all sorts of different people. I like it. Apart from deaf people, we can't really cater to them. No, they'll just have to watch it on YouTube with the subtitles on. Yeah. I wonder what our subtitles say, actually. I have no idea. Can you put subtitles on YouTube? I, you can, but I've never actually clicked that option. I'd be quite interested to see what subtitles they come up for, with, especially with me. <laughs> <laughs> that's something that's happening in the future. Uh, uh, dead people ice cream, parrot soup, yogurt. <laughs> I'll be like, what the, what? <laughs> Love and, it. And finally, Jamie, what is Callum treating us? This week. When you put on a seatbelt, you're effectively wearing your car like a backpack that you're inside of. (laughs) (laughs) Top tier. Top tier tricks right there. That is glorious. (laughs) And uh, yeah. Like put on your seatbelt, you're wearing your car as a backpack that you're inside of. Fucking brilliant. That's that's like mind blowing in a way. It's like one of those riddles where people go, uh, uh, and I just realized you're wearing your your car like a chav backpack because it's just the one strap. Oh, yeah. What are you doing, Dave? Just women, Mitsubishi. Why? How much can you fit in your backpack? Uh, an engine, all the shopping, the kids, the wife. Fucking hell, you're strong. <laughs> <laughs> I can't take up mountains, though. It's too much. Too much. Too much. That's mental. That's really... I can't even think of anything funny to say about that, because that's, <laughs> that's just, just wonderful. brilliant. Yeah. We love shit like that. <laughs> love it. Oh, I'm just so pleased that he's part of the team and part oh. of the show and just giving us... Such wonderful knowledge and insights of things that people just never think of. I just want to know if anyone has ever used any of these treaches like in their daily life, like blown someone's mind with them and passed on the knowledge of the treach. We love you, Cal. You're going to be noticed as a pioneer, an icon, before you've even known it. Damn right. We love it. Move over, and Einstein. Treach is here. Exactly. Yeah, it's going to be one of, like, uh, <laughs> was it Pythagoras or fucking... <laughs> What's Pythagoras' theorem? Callum's treach. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> let's go down history. <laughs> They'll read about it in schools in the future. And now I've got to follow this shit. Jamie! Hello! It's time for Tom's Journal. Here it is. And welcome to another edition of Tom's Journal. Welcome to another edition. Jamie, right? Hello. I'm not going to lie to you. Please this don't. is a bulky journal. This Ooh. is... A serious bulk in the book this week. This is intriguing because right. Cindy said you haven't done anything all week. <laughs> well, this is just it. There's one Tom entry and the rest is all picture around. Oh, okay. Fair enough. All right. So we'll start with my part of the journal, which was 
before the other half went away, I was on my way to hers. Um, and I had to go pick up some stuff from Lidl for her because it was like minus two degrees and I was on my way to her anyway and she didn't want to come out in the cold, which is fair enough. Plus I offered, so it's fine. I went to get shit roll and bacon, right? I got into Lidl in Newport and there was a guy in there, right? His hair was just the back of his at the back of his head, that's it. He was wearing a tight little tank top vest, like the tiniest tank top possible, with the smallest, thinnest lycra shorts you've ever seen that only just covered his massive ass, and he had sliders on. At minus two degrees. At minus two degrees in Wales. How do people do that? I was like, are you insane? How do people do that? Why are you wearing a vest and lycra shorts in minus two degrees in December? I bet he's just been to the gym. Probably, but still, I was a bit like, you are mental. God, no. I don't I get how people, people do it. I just thought it was just a little bit crazy, to be quite honest with you. Oh, no. So let's get into the picture round. Some of these are just personal. Like, I've been laughing so much at so many of these. So, Jamie, couples will be together for 20 years, right? And end up under the mountain. Strangers have went to McDonald's and found Jesus. Some people get married for six months and still can't download navigation. The point is, there's no formula to eat tomatoes. Do what the alligator says, touchdown Lakers. What? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what? Exactly. It's just meant to be... <laughs> <laughs> the, the Lakers are a basketball team, just to put I it got, I did get the Lakers reference. No. It's just meant to be a whole confusing pile of shit. But Jamie, I picked up his hitchhiker last night. He said, oh, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. But how should I not a serial killer? I replied, well, the chance of two serial killers being in the same car is astronomical. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, we shall continue. Jamie, so as book lovers, do you remember being in a kid reading in the car at night? And desperately waiting to go under a streetlight so you could read a little more of the page, or is that just me? You know what I remember that? <laughs> I remember that, yeah, absolutely. So we keep going. We keep going. Jamie, life has never given me lessons, lemons, all right? It's given me anger issues, anxiety, a love for alcohol, a serious dislike for stupid people. But never lemons. Never lemons. Never lemons. <laughs> this one, you will absolutely love. They should make a Logan-style Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire. Don't tie it in with any cinematic universe whatsoever. Just do a rough, beautiful, emotional tale about an older Spidey. Have Sam Raimi direct it. Give him full control and watch the box office fucking explode. Yeah, I would watch the shit out of that. That sounds incredible. Because Logan is a work of art, so yeah. Yeah, I'd watch that. Fun fact for you. Fun Marvel fact for you. Characters wearing red don't usually have vision. Fuck me. (laughs) That took me a minute. Christ's sake. (laughs) Daredevil and Scarlet Witch. Yeah, I got it. That was dreadful. I thought it was funny. <laughs> so, somebody left 
You know how when you order food, you can leave instructions for the driver? Yes. Somebody wrote this. <laughs> oh, God. Please leave it at my door. Please be swift with this mission. My wife is hangry. I fear that my life may actually lie in your hands. She's a hitter. I made the horrible mistake of not reading her mind that she was hungry 30 minutes ago. I fear I may not have much time. Please hurry. I don't know how much longer I can hold her off. Godspeed. I'm counting on you. <laughs> if I was working in a takeaway place and I received that order, I'd be like, we are getting you your order quick, sir. Because that is beautiful. So good. Like, the way he went to all that effort as well and everything is absolutely beautiful. And I'd probably give him a freebie as well just to get him in the good books. <laughs> oh, you're so lovely, Jay. you gotta look. you got to look after people. Right. Also, this came from, you know how people can give restaurants reviews on Yelp and TripAdvisor and that sort of thing? Yes. I found this one made me fucking raw. All right? Okay. One star. It gave me dribbly poo. (laughs) (laughs) If you work in the restaurant, what the fuck do you do with that information? Do you want to know what the restaurant said? Oh my god, the restaurant replied. I'm so sorry you had such a poor visit. I hope to see you again and be able to rectify the wrongs you experienced. <laughs> <laughs> rectify. <laughs> oh, right. That's clearly their copy and paste response to everything then. <laughs> Do you reckon? It must be because they must get so much. I think people complain sometimes though, just for the fucking sake of it. Because surely, if, if someone had given <laughs> giving you like the shits, you'd want to know what dish it was so you could sort of investigate. Well, yeah, this is a very good point, actually. Okay, <laughs> sorry, the dribbly poos. <laughs> <laughs> it gave me dribbly poo. You know how everyone is so livid about the fairy tale of New York lyrics. Oh yes, you scumbag, you maggot, you. That, yeah, I believe this was in the journal last year. Um, I think it is. I'm so excited to bring it back for because obviously the festive period and everything. We've rewritten the lyrics, all right. Okay, two, you scumbag, you maggot, it's Chun Li versus Saget. <laughs> that is a beautiful street fighter reference there. I like exactly, that. I, like I thought that. you might like that. Speaking of Christmas songs, somebody wrote this on Twitter and I was like, this is the most amazingly beautiful thing I've ever read in my life. Paul McCartney's wonderful Christmas time song is about friends practicing witchcraft, but then someone walks in and they have to suddenly play it really cool. The moon is right, din, 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 the spirit's up, Mm-mm-mm-mm. we're here tonight, din, 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 din. and that's enough. Someone walks in, oh, uh, simply <laughs> having a wonderful Christmas time. <laughs> Another one you're going to absolutely love, Sam. If I tip knives to the edge of the shield, it will become 100% more efficient. Sharon, Sam, no. Bucky, yeah, though, but she's right. Eventually, the knives would fall off. I think you need some a bit more permanent, Sam. Sharon, that's not what I meant. Bucky, sharpen the edges, execute villains immediately. They'll learn to fear Captain America. Crime rate will drop. I guarantee it. Sam and Sharon, what the fuck? Peter Parker, like a giant pizza cutter. Murder frisbee. Bucky, <laughs> gesture at Peter. See, he understands. <laughs> 
Crispy. <laughs> We're almost done. I promise you. Jamie, I've got a poll for you. All right. Oh, okay. Which one are you? Are you sock, sock, shoe, shoe or sock, shoe, sock, shoe? Sock, sock, shoe, shoe. Good. Because I couldn't think of anyone fucking... No, that's weird. ...criminal enough to do sock, shoe, sock, shoe. If anyone does that, are you all right? <laughs> that's disturbing if people do that. How weird would that be, having one bare foot and one shoe on? It would feel odd. I feel like doing it now, like a social experiment to see what it feels like. Because that doesn't sound right. I know, it's something really mundane and silly, but I bet it feels ridiculous. Yeah, I kind of want to try it. I've got another question for you as well, if you don't mind. Of course. Um, and I'm going to use this in a way back as well. Um, so are they bowling to earn soup or bowling on behalf of soup? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say bowling to earn soup. Do you reckon? I thought they bowling on behalf of it. I feel like they're weird enough to enter a bowling competition to win soup. <laughs> and finally, I thought this was magnificent. I feel like Michael Serra never intended to act, but ended up in the wrong place at the wrong time and was too awkward to tell them that he wasn't an actor. So he filmed stuff anyway, and now he's let it go too far and can't back out. <laughs> I can't deny that claim. It's yeah, he's that awkward. I, I love Michael Sarah, but yeah, I could I could see that happen. He is a wonderful human being. I'm not going to lie. I do love Michael Sarah. I will say one thing though, Jamie. Before Hello. we before we close the journal, um, you sent me a weird ass photo of something we were discussing back last week on the show. <laughs> right. Yes, so we know how we talked about my dad being the love <laughs> child of Alan Shearer and Bruce Willis. Jamie actually created the photo of what Bruce Willis and Alan would like together, and it looks fuck all like my dad. Absolutely nothing like your dad. (laughs) (laughs) But when you sent me the photo of your dad saying absolutely nothing like him, I was like, fuck, he does still look like Alan Shearer. He really does. He he really does. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a really recent photo of him as well. (laughs) The app is wrong. Your dad is right. His genetics are right. Exactly, exactly. But that was wonderful. And that was another edition of Tom's Journal. Absolutely glorious. It was a bol- that was a bolster. That was a fucking, you know, that was meaty. It was meaty. We like a meaty journal. We do, we do. I do believe before we get to the interview, we should hear from one of our friends at Syscast. Sounds like a good idea. Hi, I'm Frank Guglielmelli, and I'm the narrator for some wonderful audio dramas from Syscast like Marty and Mars, Bounty Hunters, and a great part in Val Toby, with much more to come. You can find these programs on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Or head over to our website, www.syscast.com. We are excited to announce that we are now affiliated with the Chronicles of Podcast with Tom and Jamie. Now, let's get to this week's interview. And the piece of resistance was once let me know that he's gone on holiday for a bit. Uh, a what? But, but he's also let you know that he's here. He's he's left his piece for this episode, but he's gone away for a week. Oh, okay. Right. He just said, he said au revoir, uh, baguette, croissant, and that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> and, and then something to do with Brie. Now, I'm not entirely sure what it was, but still, he has headed off for a week. So the piece has left his other little piece 
to be here, to be part of this piece, that he would be back next week properly. And here okay. is the piece of, I don't know where I was going with that. Piece of resistance. <laughs> Welcome to the Chronicles of Danielle Bergio. Danielle is a stunt woman. She is an actress. She is a writer. She is a director. She is also a body stunt double for Carrie Ann Moss in The Matrix, plus other people as well. She is honestly one of my favourite interviews we have ever done in our whole podcasting career. I love this so much. She was a very humble, very lovely, like very forthcoming. Um, just, it's just, it's like again, like we we like to make our um, guests as characters. Then, so what's wrong with me today? Well, our guests feel like they're just at home. I mean, she was at home, chilling because we're on Zoom. But like, just at home, there's some mates just chatting around the tables, having a laugh, you know, reminiscing almost. But she is also part of one of my favourite TV series of all time. The one we previously discussed. 24. And she uh, is, I think she's only in about two or three episodes uh, in series five, I want to say, which is my favourite series of all time. Um, So if the other half listen to this, don't listen to the interview. There's a spoiler. Do not listen to the interview. I repeat right now. Just my other half. Everybody else, go and check it out. Don't listen to the interview. That's a good point. Just my other half. Just your other half. Yeah. Everybody else, check it out, please. Come and enjoy. Come feast. Your Allow us into your ears. Yeah. Like, this is amazing. And she's worked on some of my favourite films and projects, even films that I couldn't work out how there were stunts involved, as you will find out. Yeah, she has done a lot and obviously was part of the new Zack Schneider movie, Army of the Dead. So, yeah, we love that. Jamie, any final words? No, just Danielle, thank you so much. This was an absolute honour and a pleasure. And like I said, one of my favourite conversations I've had. Just enjoy. Very excited to get this out. Ladies and gentlemen, here we Go. Ladies and gentlemen, interviewing this week, she is an actress, a writer, a director, a stunt woman, and body double. It's Danielle Bergio. Hello, everyone. Today, we welcome a woman who is, quite frankly, a badass. Today's guest is a multi-talented performer. She's a dancer, an actress, a filmmaker, and a stunt performer. Working on projects like The Matrix, John Carpenter's Vampires, and Army of the Dead. Today, we welcome you to the Chronicles of Danielle Bergio. Wow, what a lovely intro. Thank you. Why, thank you. We just basically have to warm you up, you know. Lurge is false and security, Danielle, that's what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but in all seriousness, uh, how has your pandemic season been? You know, I mean, I guess it just gets a little bit better every day out here in California. The numbers are way down and, um, you know, things are open, but, you know, people are still running around with masks on and uh, you do have to show vaccine cards almost everywhere you go. And it's a weird world that we're living in. Like, it's very strange still, but, you know. Almost two years in now. Here we are still standing. 
It's crazy, isn't it? It's yeah. nuts how they were like, once 2021 gets here, it's going to be absolutely fine. <laughs> oh, right. I remember in the beginning, they were like saying, like people were going, lockdown for two weeks. Are you kidding me? And I was like, it's going to be at least two months, people. And they were like, you're crazy. <laughs> now it's like two years. <laughs> and we're all like, oh my gosh, what just happened? Yeah. yeah. That's, did you, um, while you were locked away though, did you learn a new skill? Decide to teach yourself anything at all? Oh, as a matter of fact, yes. I oh, actually ooh. taught myself to play the guitar, oh, which no I've been Amazing. wanting to do for so long and I'm like addicted to it. So I play every day and I'm not, not that I'm any good at it, but I, I pay, I'm, I have committed to pick up that guitar every single day for the last, uh, actually started it just before the pandemic hit. I took two classes locally. And then when the pandemic hit, I was like, okay, great. I got to stick with this. And um, I actually just bought myself a new guitar last, just like a few days ago. I was like, okay, I had, I had an old guitar that I had for 20 years and I never picked it up. It was just sitting there collecting dust. So that's what I started learning on. And, uh, and then I was like, you know what? I think it's time for me to have a grown up guitar. (laughs) I bought myself a tailor. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's great. It's great. I brought myself a tailor and it's red. And I'm like, it's really sexy. And it makes me feel like a rock star, even though I'm like, I really can play like 10 songs at this point. But, uh, and my dog is sick of hearing the same 10 songs over and over. What's your go-to? What are you playing? Um, I just learned Can't You See by Marshall Tucker Band, which has got a nice little finger picking intro. So I'm pretty excited about that. I play Stand By Me. I play Ain't No Sunshine. I oh, play um, uh, Have You Ever Seen the Rain? That's one of my favorite ones to play. I play Creep. That's another favorite one to play. Uh, wish You Were Here, Pink Floyd. Yeah. You're getting all the insight into me now, right? Through <laughs> That's exactly what I'm going for. I'm digging, Danielle. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> anyway, I did that. And then I also uh, adopted a, a German Shepherd puppy who had been um, injured in a car accident. And so we spent the first part of that healing each other. And then, um, and I've been doing a lot of dog training during the pandemic. So she's turned out to be a beautiful animal. Hopefully she'll stay quiet. I've told her she has to be quiet when we do this. So usually she's good, but just in case she's not, I have my little bark buddy to make loud noises at her. We won't hear them. She'll hear them. So anyway, she might say hi. We'll see. That's cool. What's it's like? I've never heard one of them. It's like Dr. Shut Up or something. It's, like it? a, it's Dr. Shut Up. Yeah. It's like a high pitched sound that we don't hear, but they don't like. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite clever. I like that. Mm, they come up with the niftiest things. We had, a, we had a guest previous who basically brought his all his animals in. Really? <laughs> just, yeah. It's just the cat was licking itself on the couch. The dogs kept coming in to like, <laughs> sniff the camera stuff. It was just... It was a it was a wild time. It's a wild time. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so, Daniel, you're known for doing so many things, but take us back. What was young little Miss Bergia? What was the original plan for your career? Was it always performing? Yeah, I think kind of early on, uh, when I was 11, my parents moved us from New York to North Carolina, like right in the middle of a school year, which was, you know, that's a bit rough on kids, like right in the middle of the school year. So in order to help make friends, my mom put us in dance class and horseback riding. My sister stuck with the horses and I stuck with the dance. And that was, I think at that point, I realized I not only had a physical knack, 
but I loved performing. <clears throat> and I kind of jumped in at that stage pretty quickly. And I was like, this is what I want to do. And I think I knew I was good at dancing, but I always wanted to be an actress. But I, even at a young age, I thought dancing is going to be my my foot in the door. That, that'll that be the way that I can get myself into the industry. And so as soon as I was out of, as soon as I was old enough to fly the coop, I went back to New York City and my very first audition was for Starlight Express on Broadway when I booked the job. So I started there. I think there was a little foreshadowing to my stunt work there. Like I never, in a million years, I never even thought about stunts. I didn't know stunts existed at that point. I just put wanted to be on Broadway. I wanted to be an actress. Um, and then after the show closed, I realized I no longer wanted to be on Broadway. Good thing I learned that quickly. And then I uh, started dabbling in a little bit of film and com- uh, TV mostly and commercials in New York. And at that time, really, if you wanted to be in film and TV, you needed to be in LA. Things have changed now. You can be a lot of different places, but at that time you needed to be in LA. So I packed my bags, came out to LA, thought I was going to be a big, you know, overnight sensation. <laughs> and when that did not happen, I, uh, I had met some stunt people that said, Hey, you'd be really good at this. Um, you know, with all my dance background, my physical skills, and I had started taking some martial arts and they said, there's a, there's a real need for women in the industry that can do these things. Um, and at that point, I was just thinking more of like being an action actor where I would maybe get into, you know, do some martial arts movies and things like that, not really thinking stunts. And then shortly after, right place, right time, uh, opportunity knocked. I was smart enough to say yes, got a couple little stunt gigs, and then phew, my career just kind of skyrocketed. And I thought, well, this is everything I wanted to do. It's that, you know, I'm working with the, actors and the directors and producers and these big projects, just like I've always dreamed, I'm just working in a little bit different capacity. But some people really are, you know, physically acting on set. And there were uh, a lot of opportunities starting to present themselves where I was getting acting roles that required the physical part. So I was both the face on camera and the, and doing the physical stuff. And that kind of became like a nice little, uh, nice little pocket for me. And yeah, and then my career just kind of went from there. I mean, that was the really big launch. And then since then, it's it's kind of shifted and turned some more. I never really stay uh, in one place too long. <laughs> <laughs> but I did that for a very long time. That's amazing. I mean, because I always thought like you'd either do one or the other. I didn't realize you get to do both, which is absolutely nuts. But I mean, obviously, like you said, you didn't ever think stunts would be something you'd ever do, but it must be exhilarating to do some of the stuff that you do. Um, Cause obviously you were uh, Carrie Moss's stunt double for the matrix reloaded and revelations, weren't you? Correct. Yes. must've been unreal. It was such a huge thrill. I mean, coming off of, you know, when the first matrix came out, I had not even gotten into stunt work yet. It was right as I was starting to think about it. So I remember sitting in the theater and seeing Trinity on the screen, like everyone else and going, Oh my God, I want to be her. You know, I want to do that. 
And that, I mean, that was the first time that we had really seen like that level of female action and the way that the Wachowskis executed it was tremendous. We were all like, what is this beautiful film? I mean, it still goes down in history as one of the greatest action films of all time and, and what it's done to change the way that they shoot action and, you know, uh, with the visual effects and everything that they were able to accomplish it. It was amazing. So to come off of that and then to get into stunts and get the opportunity to audition for the sequels, that was huge. And then honest to God, I couldn't even believe that I, I ended up landing that job. And to be honest, it was a little bit um, bittersweet because the Wachowskis really want their actors to do everything. So here I thought, I'm going to get to do all this stuff. And I got out there and trained really hard and trained with Kiryan and um, set up a lot of the sequences. But really, she did a lot of it. You know, I mean, I did this stuff where it's like, OK, we let's let Danielle step in and like take the hard hits right now. But all the really fun fighting stuff like that's mostly carry on. Um, <laughs> So it was a little bit like, well, what am I doing here? You know, <laughs> I want to, I want to play and do all this stuff. But I mean, it was, it was tremendous to be a part of that project. Um, and to be in that environment with all of those people, all the amazing performers. And I would have to shout out to Debbie Evans. She was the Trinity double for all of the car and motorcycle work. And she's a legend and she's amazing. And so to be there and to get to watch her work, um, I'm so inspired by her and I take zero credit for anything on wheels in that movie. Um, but yeah, it was, it was life-changing career changing, um, educational, inspiring, all of that. Amazing. Did I read that you broke your ribs doing the matrix? I did. I did. There's this sequence where, um, the elevator opens and the agent steps out and Trinity's standing there. And then she sort of backflips back and then they get into this huge tussle and he starts picking her up and throwing her around that hallway. Yes, and um, at one yeah. point he slams her into <clears throat> the wall that crumbles and then takes her and throws her clear through the other wall. And it was on landing coming through that second wall on the landing. Um, I snapped my rib and I actually from that mm. sequence had several, several like, you know, minor fractures, but, the, but the one that went through the wall was the full, like full split. Yeah. That was, that was good times. <laughs> you can tell you're a stunt form the way you just downplay that. Ah, I had a few fractures. It's fine. But then they were fine. We should put the other one. Ow. <laughs> kind of par, yeah. It's kind of par for the course. I mean, not that any of us want to get injured, but I think when you're a stunt person, it's very similar to being a professional football player, you know? you're not going to get out there and play day in, day out, week after week and not get hurt at some point. So was that quite early on though? Or was that quite late into the movie? Um, yeah, luckily it was towards the end of the run oh. for me. Yeah. So I only had like a couple more weeks to get through and I actually did not tell anybody that I had broken my rib. I didn't even what? know that I had broken my rib. I knew I was seriously hurt <laughs> and I went home into like a bathtub of ice and like you know a bottle of Vicodin or whatever it was I took I don't I don't remember <laughs> I was in a lot of pain and then um came back to set worked a couple days got through the day somehow I don't know how and then we were doing another gag where they had me in a harness 
And when they, when you're in a harness, it's so tight around your entire body. And then when they lift you, it like everything even like gets tighter. So they put the harness on me, they lifted me in the air. And at that moment, I think my face went white. And I think I might've even passed out on the wires and I was like, down, 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 I have to get down. (laughs) And that's when I was like, okay, yeah, I can't fake this anymore. I was in such excruciating pain. And at that point they sent me to the hospital and discovered that I was all broken. I think, <laughs> so... I think that's back to what Jamie said though, about you being a badass. Cause that's amazing. The fact that you still powered on through another couple of days, but my ass, that must, uh, I can't even uh, imagine uh, I, what you must be going through. I did actually get to finish the film. They took it easy on me the last few days. So I made it. I made it to the end of my contract, so that was good. That's good. But it's not like Carrie Ann did most of it anyway. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God for Carrie Ann. Yeah. <laughs> Making me look good. So, just want to go back to what we were saying at the start. Did you say that your first audition, you landed a role on Broadway? I did. <laughs> That's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> no, like tiny theaters beforehand. Nothing just. Straight to the big leagues. No, I had um, I had been working uh, some theme parks. I worked down. My very first job was at Opryland. I was in a show at Opryland for a summer between school, and then I went down to Florida and I worked as a dancer at Epcot Center. So I was on stage wow. there for about a year. That was before I went to New York. And I think I had done at that point, maybe like one or two little music videos or something. But it was my first uh, real, you know, New York audition. You did music videos, any we'd know? Oh, no, I don't think so. Um, I don't even remember what they were, to be honest. There was some Billy Ocean video uh, really early on. And, And Will Smith, before he was, you know, famous, like was a small had a had like a small rap on that or something. I don't know. It was this is a long time ago, <laughs> a long time ago. Yeah, so in a Will Smith in a music video, it's all good. Yeah, that's, that's still banging. Yeah, that's still awesome. Yeah. So, how did you say you went from dancing to stunts? Them is it literally just you saw people and went, "I'll give that a try." I actually was in an acting class here in LA and. Um, and that is where I met some stunt performers. And yeah, they, they were doing like a little bit of a martial arts for actors workshop. And they went, hey, you're, you're really good at this. Like you've picked this up incredibly fast. And, and it was that little group of friends that said, you should pursue this. This is, you know, there's a, there's a lot of opportunity there for you. So, and one of those guys, his name is Keith Campbell. Um, he was, is still uber successful stuntman. He was working on Batman forever. And he said, let me see if I can get you on the set and uh, brought me in to meet the stunt coordinator, Conrad Palmasano, who was like, yeah, 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 whatever. You know, she has no experience. She has no anything. Who is she? What does she do? He kept, he kept saying, no, Keith kept asking. He's like, no, you should hire her. And Connie kept saying, no. And then they had a situation where um, it was the sugar and spice characters. You know, there was the uh, Drew Barrymore and Debbie Mazar and Debbie Mazar played spice. And she wore this leather corset 
that was all handmade, hand painted. It was one of a kind, some like, that's it, one of a kind. And so they needed someone who could fit the corset. And they had tried to bring in so many different stunt girls and nobody could fit. So Conrad said to Keith, if she fits the corset, it was like Cinderella's shoe. It was crazy. It was my first stunt job and I fit the stupid thing and I got my first stunt job. That's that amazing. Yeah. If memory serves, didn't she have like a really massive hair as well? Yeah, it's uh, like it was big black. Ahead yeah. Red, red streaks going through it. I have a photo of it somewhere. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Fair play, though. Your first job in theatre, straight to Broadway. First movies, Batman. You know, it's, <laughs> that is absolutely amazing. So did the acting roles come hand in hand with the stunts or was that something you sought out separately? I was seeking it out separately. Um, That's something I have always pursued. And whereas all those other things have come very easy to me on the acting side of things, not so much. And any of the amazing acting opportunities I've gotten have always been through the, like taking the left road, you know, taking the fork in the road, not the normal most people come to LA and they get an agent and their agent sends them for an audition to the casting director. And then, then the casting director takes them to the director and then they book the thing. And it's just never worked out that way for me for some reason, never been able to get an agent. I mean, not never. I've had a couple agents, smaller agents. Uh, most of my career I've ended up working on my own and getting opportunities just through people who know me, or maybe like if I'm on set, I'm doing stunts. I've made a relationship now with the director producer. And then they say, Hey, we have a role coming up in the next episode that you'd be great for. Do you want to read for it? Or uh, like in the case of army of the dead, I got a call literally out of the blue, out of the blue. I've got Zack Snyder on the phone for you. I was like, okay. Um, And we know each other through a social circle. And he said, Hey, I, I have this role of soccer mom and I'd love for you to do it. Yeah. I was like, what? My head spun. Great. Uh, so yeah, it's been very, uh, I've, I've taken the road less traveled <laughs> to my acting roles. But I, I find that incredible though, because that, you know, some people they're coming up, they go, I can't get an agent. What's the point? I'll go work at McDonald's. But you know, you're like, no, I'll find my own fucking route. I'm going to make this. I will be successful. I'm going to do this. So if I was wearing a hat, I'd tip it. I think that's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. At that point, when I really wanted to shift out of stunts and focus more on acting, I knew I needed to create my own opportunities. Um, And I had always been, you know, fascinated with storytelling at the end of the day, like that's really what I love storytelling. Mm. So in any form. So I, uh, I took it upon myself to write a couple of shorts that I wrote, directed, produced, and played the role. Cause I thought, well, if I want to show people what I can do, I can't just wait for them to give me an opportunity. It's not, that's not working out. I'll, um, I'll show them what I can do. And then I, I, <laughs> I did these short films and I was like, oh my God, this is so hard to, to direct and produce and act and everything at the same time. Um, not ideal. Not the way that I would normally want to present myself as an actor where I'm wearing like 20 other hats and I'm 
so distracted and I feel like I'm not giving a hundred percent to the one area that I'm trying to focus on, but you know, you, you do what you do. And I learned a lot and, and that actually was really good and sort of helping redefine my image and, you know, cause people kind of just knew me, saw me one way. And I was trying to break the mold and say, no, see me, see me a bigger way or a different way. Um, and so, yeah, that was, that was really good, really helpful. I have a lot of opportunities that came from the shorts that I did. Oh, that's good. Cause I, when I uh, found them, I thought you were trying to do more off screen. So I thought you wanted to go down a different road, you know, when acting was done or stunts were done or whatever that you wanted to be, I don't know, director, producer, etc. So I didn't realize that was to be like, guys, check this out. Look what I can do. It's awesome. Isn't it? Look at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Say- I don't think I want to direct uh, maybe later in life. That part was really hard. And I am, I am actually very focused on writing, producing at this stage of my career. Uh, but I also am playing on camera as well, which for me is the, the best part. It's the most fun part. The, the writing, there's something about writing I find to be just torturous. And I've talked to so many professional, successful writers who tell me they feel the same. And I'm like, really? That's crazy. <laughs> um, because it, it feels to me like, oh my God, how do people do this? It's so hard. I find it so challenging, but also rewarding. Uh, and then producing is just like, oh my God, it's <laughs> the challenges like day to day to day. I'm on a pre- in prep for my first feature right now. And it's just, we keep, you know, the dates keep getting pushed and then, you know, we lost this actor because of the schedule and, and then it just, and then you have to call everybody in the crew and it's just so frustrating. And then, you know, setting up the financing, like not an easy thing to do. Um, so I've learned a lot. It's been great learning experience and, uh, yeah, hopefully we're actually going to start, uh, rolling some cameras in January. Yeah. That's cross. I don't envy you though, Danielle. That's just, no. <laughs> I get what you mean with the writing though, because like, it's a dream on it. I've always wanted to write a script for a movie. Even if it never happened, I just want to say I've done it. And every time I have these ideas, like, right, it's right. And I open something to start writing and my brain just goes, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know what to write. I've done I've got nothing for you, mate. Nothing. <laughs> it's tough. It really it's almost, like I said earlier, like, earlier about that, you just forget the entire English language. Just like mid mop map, it's like writing some random <laughs> right words or something. I don't know. So you've worked on some huge movies. Like we'd be here for hours listing them all and talking about them all but is there any that like stand out for you particularly any like really fond memories oh yeah I have so many um you know again we already talked about Matrix that was like a really pivotal moment in my career and tremendous experience to be a part of that and work with all those people but you know most recently Army of the Dead which you know also mentioned from Zach that is hands down and I've been doing this a long time that has been the number one best experience on set. I absolutely loved working with him and his team. He's got these incredible people that have been with him for many, many years and many, many films. And it's such a family environment. And he is such a great director. He communicate, he knows exactly what he wants. He communicates it so well. And you know, when you're working with Zach, like he is going to make you look good. You know, Mm. you, you, you don't have any, I'm just literally like, okay, whatever you want, like, 
I am your puppet. <laughs> like, yeah. How can I serve your story? How can I serve your character? Thank you for letting me step in these shoes and, you know, blast a bunch of zombies with my big gun. It's so fun. And um, yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. It was super awesome. It's a great so that a one great definitely yeah. stands out. And then uh, for me, John Carpenter's vampires, actually, you mentioned that at the beginning, that's that for me is like such a love because it was my first, like, well, I'll say like my real first stunt job. So I did Batman forever. I ran out of the way of a glass thing crashing down. Um, I mean, I was in really high heels. So, I mean, it was like <laughs> stunt. <laughs> and then I worked on blade um, where I was one of like a gabillion stunt people uh, getting, you know, hosed in blood and, I don't know. We had we had fun on that bit. You that know, I did the blood shower scene at the start. Yes, we we spoke to the man that arranged all that, Mick Strawn. Oh, really? Did yeah, he we... tell you what a nightmare it was? Yes, he did actually. Yeah. <laughs> they were at first recycling the blood from the. It, it literally would rain blood out of the sprinkler system in the nightclub, and then it would go through like a system and then come back around. But we ended up shooting for so many days and there were so many people in there. It started getting kind of gross and ugly. I won't go into the stories, but they switched it and they said, okay, they, it was called the tunnel of blood. And they had this giant plastic tunnel that you'd have to stand in. And with a hose, they would just blast you to get you covered in it. And, um, and it was cold and it was, gross and it's so sticky like that stuff is so sticky when you're in it every day all day like your eyelids stick together and your underarms stick together and then it'd be like you'd be we'd be walking in the in the um in the nightclub and like the tiles of the floor would come up and stick to your foot like it it was crazy we we filmed that thing for like two solid weeks and by the end we were all like oh my god get me out of here I don't want to film anymore. I just don't want to do it. All right. Oh my gosh. It was crazy. It was super crazy. So um, yeah. So that was my second film. And then my third film was vampires. And that was when for the very first time I really got to do some serious stunts. And it was crazy because normally you're, you know, you're in stunts for years before you get to the point where they're letting you do air rams and ratchets and squibs and all these like bigger things. And so I walked onto the set and uh, when they, when Jeff Amata, the coordinator called me for it, he said, you know, can you come out to New Mexico? And I said, well, what, you know, what is it? You know, I'm pretty green. I'm not very experienced. And he said, no, you'll be fine. You were a dancer. You can, you know, you're going to just fight some vampires. They're going to get pushed down. You get back up. It's you're fine. I get there. (laughs) He's like, okay, here's an air am. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Um, and so I had to learn to ride the Aram. My first shot, I had to, an Aram is a, a machine that, uh, catapults you through the air through like, pr- uh, pressure that just like hundreds of pounds of pressure and that goes flies you through the air. So when you see bodies flying through the air on a movie, like when a bomb goes off or something like that, they're usually mm-hmm. on Arams. Um, I had to ride the Aram from inside of a door inside of a, the building it was like the farmhouse with kind of a low ceiling and get to the other side of the room and land on one of the other stunt guys backs 
which was crazy. Um, So that was my first stunt. And then it broke out into a big fight. And then I thought we were done. And then they were like, oh, no, uh, you're a vampire. You know, you keep getting I kept getting every time I thought I died, (laughs) the vampire was not dead. And I didn't know what I was getting into in the beginning. It's not like they gave me a script or anything. They just said, can you jump on a plane? And I jumped on a plane. And I I was just literally like, as we were going on figuring out like one stunt after another, after another, after another. So I had my first experience with squibs. First time I got squibbed, which for anyone that doesn't know, that's like how you uh, simulate a gunshot. So when, you know, when you see somebody's like goes and all the blood comes out, like they just got shot by a gun. It's actually a little packet with some gunpowder in there that, you know, a little explosive device that blows out and it can be a little scary. Sometimes they can, you know, pop and hit you a little bit, you know, if you've never done it, it's a bit unnerving. So the first time I had to get squibbed, I had 13 on me at one time. And I was like, what? (laughs) So I'm like five actors pointing their machine guns at me all like, and then uh, a few of the uh, prop guys that are shooting dust what they call dust hits on the wall so in behind me all the the wall is blowing up my body is blowing up I've got guns aimed at me everywhere this is my very first time being squibbed so it's pretty intense and then it just kept going you know uh another stunt and another stunt and another stunt because this vampire just won't die (laughs) um and so that for me was one of the most pivotal moments of my entire life. That was the moment that I said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a full-time stunt woman. At that point, I think I quit my dance class. I quit my acting class. I got into gymnastics and martial arts. I started training every day. I started hustling to sets and stunt coordinators. I was like, I'm in, I want to do this. I love this. This is so fun. Um, And John Carpenter and his wife, Sandy were just so good to me. They, they treated me like family. They took me under their wing. All the stunt guys on that set also were just like my little guardian angels. I was young and green and they took really good care of me. And they were like, you should do this. And, and they all called their friends and said, hire her. And, and that was it. My career just went, just took off. Yeah. So that was, that was a really fantastic experience. It's another one. Oh, sorry, Jeremy. I was excited. It's another one of those first things that are just incredible. Your first proper stunt role. Oh, just with this indie movie making, you may have heard of John Carpenter. I think he's done a <laughs> thing or two. <laughs> I didn't even know John was directing when Jeff called me and said, can you come to New Mexico? I, I, I was like, okay. Um, I didn't know what it was until I got on set. And then, and then I was like, okay, it's vampires. Okay, great. We did the rehearsal. I still didn't know like what, I didn't know what it was. And, and then I showed up on set and then there's John and I went, Oh, <laughs> Oh, and he's so intimidating in the beginning when you meet him, he's um, you know, he's a legend and he has a very intimidating presence. And then you get to know him and you go, Oh, you're a big teddy bear. I love him. I love John Carpenter so much. <laughs> when you, when you get roles and stuff like that, do you know what's to come or do you only find out when you get there? Like you said, you didn't know what you were in for when you went for, for vampires. You know, honestly, I think it's unusual, but in my experience, I never know what I'm doing until I get there. It was like that with army of the dead too. Soccer mom was not in the script. She was not on the page. If she was only living in Zach's head. So I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't, 
I didn't have, I was like, uh, I mean, he and I spoke. And so I kind of knew the backstory. So when I do my homework, my homework is really about creating the character from the backstory. Like I like to journal as the character. So I really like get into their skin and it's not so much about like, you know, learning lines and figuring out if I'm going to hit this mark on this beat or whatever, I, I'm not yeah. technical about it. I like to just get in there and then um, trust that the lines are going to come when I have them. And, uh, so it's a, it, it was okay for me to, to work that way, but unusual. I don't think most actors <laughs> would say the same thing, but in my experience, I typically just uh, figure it out in the moment. Okay. Has there, have there been any stunts where you've gone, Nope, not doing that. Yes, there have. <laughs> my dog, my dog just showed up. Hi, Ripley. Um, yeah, I uh, I used to host this show called Worst Case Scenario. It, uh, Mike Mike Rowe was the host. I'm just going to say right now there are all these websites that like who's dating who. Everybody has always thought that we were a couple. I'm just going to say right now that never happened. We were um, we worked on this show together, and he's a lovely man. And I co-hosted one of the segments. I was Gadget Girl or Gear Girl, or I forgot what my name was. I was Gear Gear Girl. Girl. I was Gear Girl. And it was like, they wanted me to be one. And then I had to be the other because somebody owned the rights to the other name. Anyway. um, And there were quite a few things on there that they were trying to get me to do. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. Um. Actually, one of them I was going to have to do was a diving with sharks. And it was a device similar to my little bark thing here where you go under the water and you you um, you press this button and it's supposed to repel the sharks away. And I said, I I don't feel good about this. (laughs) And they were sending me on an open dive out in Hawaii. And I'm, I wasn't even an experienced diver. I had to get scuba certified for it, which I did. And then um, I kept going to the producer and saying, I don't feel comfortable doing this. I don't want to do it. And he was like, too bad. I've got you on contract. You have to do it. I was like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Well, isn't it funny the way the universe works? This is when I was shooting Matrix simultaneously. So I was in Australia and then I was going to, on the way home from Australia, I was supposed to go straight to Hawaii to do the shark dive. And that was when I broke my rib. And then the, <laughs> the doctor said, you can do anything except you cannot dive with a broken rib. <laughs> yes, in. And then I have a friend who used to be a Navy SEAL. And when I got home from that trip, he said, oh, my gosh, you were going to dive with that thing in Hawaii where the Mako sharks are? He said, no, no, no. The the Navy SEALs did a test. They sent a guy down uh, or they sent a dummy down in a cage, in a cage. And when they uh, deployed that thing, like the nurse sharks would run away. The Mako sharks ripped the cage apart, ripped the dummy out of the cage. <laughs> and I was wow. like, some angels looking after me. Thank you. Did you turn around um, to the producer and go, listen to this asshole? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, it was shortly after that, they actually canceled my segment and I was so happy. I was, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did have some fun doing that show, but I was like, I am so happy because that was not, I, there were several, uh, several moments where I did not feel 
so cozy and comfortable. Um, but in general, I have no problem saying no. They, I, I've been called to do a lot of things, uh, you know, go out a three-story window uh, on fire. And I'm like, yeah, I don't do that. I don't do fire. Um, I don't do high falls. I have actually done three stories. I have done a three-story fall, but I'm not a high fall specialist. Um, there are plenty of things that I say, no, I'm not comfortable. And there's a lot of stuff people out there who really want the work. And so they will say they can do more than they can. And that's a terrible thing because not only can you hurt yourself, you can hurt other people. It's not a good thing to do. No, no. no. I so I have no problem saying no. I can imagine when uh, they asked you to do the open dive, you were like, right, what can I do to get um, guys, could you just break my ribs? Is that all right? <laughs> <laughs> just like Google history, like how do you break ribs? <laughs> I, had I known that was going to be my out, I would have pulled that card earlier. But yeah, it all, it all worked out. I, I feel very protected somehow. So you got to be a part of one of my favorite TV series of all time. Which one? Which is 24. <gasps> oh my God, it was great. Oh, I, I just, I literally want to sit here and talk 24 for hours. That's all I want <laughs> But, but what was it like? What was it like being on the set of 24? Like, what was that okay. getting? The, did you get a call for it or did you have to audition? I auditioned for that. So um, this was the, the coolest thing for me because I, I don't really watch a whole lot of TV, but I was a huge fan of 24 and it was the first time ever that I was working on a show that I was like a mega fan of. So yeah, I was so excited. I can imagine. And <laughs> that was uh, when I had like a, when I did have a smaller agent at one point, that was a role that it literally was supposed to be just a couple of lines in one day. And I, uh, and just as an actress, no stunts. And I, and I booked the role and then they, and then the role got bigger and then they added on and, uh, and then they actually had me in three episodes, but the second episode I actually got cut out of. So I'm in the, I'm in the one before, and then I'm in the one after. And, um, and then my last episode, uh, that I did there was a pretty, I mean, I don't know at this point, I don't guess there's any spoiler alerts because it's been so many years. Exactly. Um, but season five, when Edgar dies, my character is the one responsible. And so it was such a powerful episode to be oh, a part of. And then I had so many of the fans like reaching out to me, like so angry, like they were so really? upset. Yeah. They were really mad at me, you know? Um, so, but it was, that was really fun. Actually. It was very cool. Yeah, I'll never forget that episode. On, on, I can, I can hear it now, Danielle. I could just hear Chloe. Like, oh no! <laughs> you know what it was too? It was the first time ever that they didn't do the clock countdown at the end of the episode. It was silent because of Edgar. Oh, I just got chills thinking about it. it was so, oh. it was so good. <laughs> that episode after as well, though, with um, because. Uh, his name's left my mind. Uh, Sam Astin, because he was the head, wasn't Sean, he? Yeah, Sean Astin. Sean Astin, Sean. I knew it was S. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My apologies. Well, Sam, was... you know, we always think of him as Sam because uh, Sam was yes. his character name in the Lord of the Rings. Yes. Yeah, see, that's what, thank you. That's, that's my bailout. Um, <laughs> but obviously, he's with the guard and somebody else, isn't he, when they have to, in that, I think the episode after, um, mm. when they have to go to another room to get the, the air come back on and stuff like that. 
I don't know. That's just where I'm going. Sorry. I was just uh, <laughs> I was just trying to reminisce about 24, Daniel. I don't, it's all right. It's fine. <laughs> I got to work with Sean. He and, and my first scene in that is where he's actually firing me. Um, and he was lovely. It was great. Great to get to work with him. And you yeah. got to work in CTU as well. Like, I did. It was so cool. <laughs> it was just amazing. It was so cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that show. Sorry. Jamie. Epic. No, it was an epic moment. It's flying over my head because I've never actually watched it. Mm. I really, sh- I really I should. I have to go back and get that one. I know it's actually a great series. Yeah, to be fair, he's been telling me for years I need to watch it. I just never get around yeah. to it. I'm pretty terrible at things like that. But this leads nicely into my next question, to be fair, because are those, obviously, other than 24, are there, have you had any of those moments where you just have to, like, pinch yourself? Because it's a crazy moment, like working on the Matrix movies, working with Zack Snyder, being a body double for Jennifer Garner, you know, just those moments where you're like, is this life? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, am I really here? I've, I've, I've met some of the most incredible people. I got to work with Oprah and Sir Anthony Hopkins and like, I mean, some real share, you know, pinch me moments, real pinch me moments. Yeah. A, a oh lot of God. them, I've been pretty blessed. <laughs> So, uh, so I was just to lead off that as well with one hour photo because obviously Robin Williams, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, just yeah, another another absolute iconic legend. Uh, obviously gone too soon in uh, in my opinion, but like, what was like working on the set with there? Yeah, I was only on that show for a day, and then that happens a lot, right? Where I'm just day playing, like I meet some like Harrison Ford. I worked with him for like one day, um, so it's not like I really got a lot of one-on-one and um, interaction, but but he was lovely. And again, another one of those just absolute icons that I was starstruck to be around and honored to get a chance to just be in the same room. It was very cool. As I say, do you still get starstruck now with everything that you've done? I do, and it's really weird. I don't know if you've ever been starstruck, but it's a really weird thing that happens. Like, you never know when it's going to come, like for me, I would think, you know, I mean, I've worked with some pretty big people. You'd think I'd be starstruck by Keanu Reeves or Oprah or whatever. And then, no, I get starstruck by Michael Stipe from R.E.M. I literally, (laughs) I literally lost my senses. Like I start, I was like, I'm like a babbling idiot. I can't even make a sentence. I like went into some weird thing where I was in denial that it was actually him, even though he was introduced as Michael and he was talking about recording his latest album and everyone in the crew was walking around singing, losing my religion. (laughs) I still like my, my brain was um, having a hard time putting it together. And I, I was, I was like acting like a total idiot. Yeah. I can't even like make a sentence. It's happened a few times and it's always like, why would that person? Like, I mean, I w- I'm a huge REM fan. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. Not like why Michael Stipe, but, but why not Oprah? Why not Keanu? Why not Sir Anthony Hopkins? Why not? But you never know. That's amazing. It's weird. <laughs> I love that. So, it's funny. I was doing my research for this and looking for your IMDb. And like some of my favorite films are listed on like two of my favorite comedy films of all time are listed on there. And I was like, what stunts are in this movie? I just couldn't think for life of me. Like, I love you, man, and not another teen movie. I was like, uh... those are two of my favorite films. 
I know pretty much every word to not another teen movie, and I could not think where the stunts in that film. No, not another teen movie. I don't even know if that made the final cut, but the character, I think they're drunk or something. I don't know. But for some reason, she jumps off a balcony into a pool. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Of course. So was that you that that. did the jump? So I did the jump. Oh, that's amazing. The funny thing about that is that, you know, for stunts, we were always in wigs and when you're doing a stunt, they really want to like nail that wig onto you. And it's sometimes I'm always like, you don't have to put like a thousand pins in my head because it really hurts and it like tears my hair out. And, but on that one, they were like, yeah, but you're going in the pool. You know, it was like a cannonball. So it was like the pressure coming straight up. They were like, it's going to rip that wig off. And I was like, now we're going to nail it down. And we, we put so many pins. We nailed that thing onto my head so tight and when I got in the pool, it ripped it off my head and it hurt. <laughs> you don't think about these things. <laughs> that, that wig was like floating at the top. Um, and then on um, I Love You, Man. Oh, my God. I had so much fun that day. I got to work with Paul and Jason and they were so lovely, like. I actually was just talking about Paul the other day. I was saying, you know, the, you, you got, I got no sense of like, you know, some Hollywood actor, you know, energy, just super down to earth, cool guys, super friendly. Um, sadly, my scene did not make the cut, but it's oh, when they're oh. out, they're golfing. And um, they, with the two girls and it's yes. like the, I was doubling the, the, the girlfriend, um, her real name is Sarah. So not, um, not the girl who's the lead in the movie. And like, I'm now getting like a brain freeze. Um, what's her name? Anyway, I'm doubling the, the friend. Right. And, it, and what it was, was that I, uh, she jumped in the golf cart and did this crazy thing in the golf cart and like ran into some other people. I think part of it's in there, but the stunts not in there. Yeah. So, and that happens a lot. That happens a lot, but it's always fun working on comedies. I love work. I got to do Will and Grace for a few episodes, doubling Deborah Messing. And people would always go, what kind of stunts are in Will and Grace? I'm like, oh, we did some really fun stunts. There's one episode where um, Karen, she's, she's staying at Karen's house and Karen just gets so sick of her that she like kicks her out of the house and she pushes her down the stairs. (laughs) And it's this, You see, so it's me coming down the stairs. And then what they did was they had Deborah hiding because it's live audience, right? So they actually had this table in the living room. Deborah's hiding behind the table. I would tumble down the stairs, get into position. And as I hit the bottom of the table, Deborah like came up out of the table with this beautiful expression on her face. And it's so hilarious. I am actually going to pull that off my reel and post it. It's like one of my favorite clips. It's so funny. Um, And then we did another one where she was, um, she was coming home from, I don't know, like, I want to say it was like a fertility center or something. She had a little bag of something in her hand and she's like running through the park, uh, like in New York. And she looks over her shoulder as she's running. And as she turns back, there's like this pole right in front of her that she just like smacks into. So, you know, these silly little Silly little things. You need stunt people. So you essentially live stunts then, in a way, yeah. with a live audience. Yeah, 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 with a live audience. Yeah, I've done, it's really fun to work with a live audience. 
I love it. Well, especially, you know, coming from my dance background and being on Broadway, I'm Uh, quite used mm. to being in front of a live audience. So I love working on sitcoms uh, because they actually still, I don't know if they do now post COVID, but yeah, live audience for sitcoms. So fun. Oh, wow. That's something I generally did not know that, but you've done some voiceover work as well in games. Yeah. Never May Cry and the Marvel versus Capcom. Yes. That that must be so weird going from on a set, flipping, doing all sorts of stupid shit, like crazy stuff, to then being in the booth just recording, you know. (laughs) I mean, do you like, is it a bit more of a relaxed environment? Is it, what's it like? Um, yeah, it's a totally different thing. So, uh, but you know, it kind of, it all goes hand in hand. So the reason I got to do Devil May Cry was, and, and the Marvel versus Capcom, it's all the same character, Trish and Gloria from Devil May Cry 4. And, um, that was through my stunt work, you know, I got, I got invited to come and do the motion capture. And then once I did the motion capture, they decided to use me for the voice. So Ah, yes, we did all the physical stuff first and then I did the voice and then you know when I'm when I'm acting um a lot of times after you film something they have to go in and it's called ADR where you Mm. where maybe if they didn't get clean sound you have to go into the booth and re-record some of your dialogue so it doesn't feel all that unusual to me because I had done quite a bit of ADR actually just did some ADR yesterday so fun Oh, awesome. um, I didn't realize the motion capture stuff. That's why I thought you were literally going for big sets just to boost. Yeah. Yeah. But it is fun. And it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of nice that you can just show up like in your pajamas and no makeup and <laughs> sit there and scream at the microphone for a while and call it a day's work. It's it's fun. Especially for a fighting game. It must be quite weird. You're like, ha! Hoo! Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then they want the, they want the reactions. A big one, a medium one, a small one you know, and then you have to do like series of them and then screaming like the big death. Ah! <laughs> and how loud can you scream? And then at the end, you're really like, woof, woof. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. The vocal cord workout. So during this, you've told us about so many different stunts that you've done. Is there a particular like favorite type of stunt that you enjoy doing? Um, I mean, I think for me, like what's most natural is fight choreography and then um, being on wires just from my background. And that it just feels really natural and fun. Uh, choreography is something that my brain just picks up easily and well. And I love putting the moves together. I love having a whole sequence and then working with other performers. Um, you know, I love a good fight scene, but it's all fun. It's all good. And, any- and it's all not at the same time. <laughs> some of it is really fun. And then some of it is so not fun. And you never know. Some of the gnarliest stunts uh, on camera were maybe the easiest to shoot and pretty cushy gigs versus some things that maybe looked easy, but then they were really hard. You just never know. Is there anything that you've really wanted to be, you wished you'd been a part of? Is there anything film wise tv wise that you wish you've got a gig for oh like there's like a million <laughs> there's like, every time i see a movie i'm like i wanted to do that one <laughs> um 
Yeah, like I would, I would have done that. Movie. I would have done that. I would have done, 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 done this. All the all all of them, you know, everything that's good, everything that I love. Yeah, there's for all the wonderful things I've worked on, there are far, far, far many more that I didn't, or maybe I had an opportunity and then I didn't get it. Like I did have an opportunity to audition to uh, for um, the Amazon women in uh, or one of the roles in wonder woman that i you know that didn't work out so that's you know it's always like oh i would have really loved to have done that <laughs> that would have been so cool awesome, yeah. um so yeah so so obviously with such a varied career and the amount of things you've done is there anything that you still want to do like on the checklist oh yeah i mean there's so many so many things i mean i feel like i've only just started um and hopefully if my movie really goes in January, this is a role that I'm very, very excited to play. Um, and hopefully will be the beginning of more of that kind of thing for me, stepping into some bigger roles. And for me, it's, it's about the diversity too. You know, I mean, as a, as a storyteller, as an actor, I want to uh, play a variety. You know, I really want to show my range and so whereas playing the badass you know soccer mom kind of roles are so good and so fun and kind of what people do think of me for I love doing them I also would love to play something completely the opposite end of the spectrum more vulnerable and yeah just bigger the bigger the range the better well it's all about experience isn't it exactly Exactly. Yeah. Um, we've talked a lot about movies and stunts and whatnot. What do you, other than guitar, what do you like to do with yourself when you're not on set and doing bits and pieces and, you know, doing your job? I am. Um, I'm a huge meditator. I love okay. to meditate. Um, I have a pretty strong spiritual practice. So I love that. And I love going to like sound baths and um i love going on hikes and being in nature i love my garden i love sp spending time in the yard i have so many amazing friends out here i love i just love doing different things i just went to the van gogh um immersive exhibit oh, wow i went to my first concert in two years last week which was like i miss live music so much so i love doing that i love going out for great meals and Sometimes just having friends over and cooking a meal. Yeah, I like to just mix it all up. And I love travel. I, and that's another thing I've been sorely missing for the last two years. But I really am looking forward to getting back to traveling. Is there anywhere you haven't been yet that you want to go to? So, I mean, I want to go everywhere. The world. <laughs> I, wanna, I do. I want to see like every corner of the world. Um, I did get to go to Africa three years ago. That was incredible. And I want to go back desperately. But then... There's so many other places that I haven't been at the same time. So, yeah, I don't know what will be next. Let's see. Amazing. So what have you got coming up? Any projects in the pipeline that you can talk about? So the one that we'll be uh, filming in New Mexico in January, it's called Squealer. And it's um, it's a horror. It's a thriller. <laughs> Has a lot of action. Um it's actually inspired by a true story about a pig farmer turned serial killer. Oh, wow. And um, so that, and then 
And then with my creative partner, we have several other projects in the pipeline, hopefully that will come after that. They're more action-based, but they're, you know, very strong character story. Um, it's not just a lot of gratuitous action. They're, they're really grounded, heartfelt stories with like really rich characters. So talk more about them when we get them actually greenlit. But yeah, Squealer should be next. And I'm excited about that. Um, I did a, a role on Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, I don't know when that will be out. I shot that last month. So we'll see when that's coming out. Uh, I cannot say anything about my role and whether I would be a zombie or not, but I will just say that I might not be so easily recognized, but if you follow me on social media, then you'll know when I'm coming and you'll know it's me. Uh, but it was a really fun, it was great. Um, what else? I don't know. I can't think of anything else. Um, was I right in thinking that you've got a podcast? I do have a podcast. I've taken a break from it recently, um, but the episodes are all still up there. It's called Women Kick Ass. And I, um, I feature strong women in the film industry. So really started with a lot of stunt women and then started weaving in some actors, but, and then really started reaching out to producers and visual effects producers and uh, stunt coordinators and all the different departments with all the badass girls on there. So I've got some great guests on there. Jesse Graff, who was uh, American Ninja Warrior. Zoe Bell, who does a lot of Tarantino movies. And she's unbelievable stunt woman, stunt coordinator. Now she's getting into directing and producing, but you will recognize her. She's phenomenal. Um, Deb Snyder, Zach's wife, we had her on. And uh, Sam Wynn, if you guys have seen Army of the Dead, she plays Chambers. She's the one that like annihilates like a gazillion zombies before. Yes, yes, yes Before yes, yes, yes. they <laughs> might get the best of her. Um, so yeah, that, that's been a lot of fun. And yeah, now I'm just, I'm so busy and prepped for everything else. I've had to kind of take a break from that, but I am planning on picking it back up. Amazing. Amazing. I implore everyone to go and check that out. Absolutely Eight. everyone. Right now. Hit that subscribe button. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have. I think we, we went for uh, once a month for two and a half years. So there's there's quite a few episodes on there to catch up on. And we'll start getting some new ones out soon. Excellent. Beautiful. Tom, before we start wrapping up, have you got any more questions? Did you ever think, Danielle, that life would go the way it has done? That you'd be where you are today? <laughs> No. One thing I've learned is that life has a mind of its own and that I, um, I never, honest to God, never in a million years would I have predicted that I would have become a stunt woman ever. That was a total shocker to me and my family. And yeah, most of, most of the places that life has taken me, I, I did not predict it at all, but it's been good. Wonderful. Amazing. Daniel, before we wrap up, we like to play a little game with our guests, if you're willing. Uh-oh. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> it basically involves you flying yourself across the room. No, um, <laughs> it's called the quick fire round. We ask you five questions and it's really easy because they're all about you. Okay, great. I love talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, okay, we'll play. <laughs> the first question. What's your favorite pizza topping? Oh, you know, it's crazy. Pine nuts. Pine nuts? Really? Weird. It's a new thing and it's new and it's weird and I love it. Okay. 
We Try have it. never had basil. that answer before. Pine nuts, basil with some like olives and mm-hmm. yeah, it's good. Interesting. Yeah. What is your go-to karaoke song? <gasps> you know, I have been terrified of singing in public and it was no, there was no way I was ever going to do karaoke. But now that I've been playing the guitar, I am ready to step up and do some karaoke. And I'm going to sing, Have You Ever Seen the Rain? Beautiful. Amazing. Beautiful. Um, let's see, where should we go next? How do you take your hot drinks, your tea and your coffee? I take it without caffeine because I am very caffeine sensitive. So I drink herbal tea every morning. Um, I have a variety of different ones that I like. One, the one I love the most is lavender mint right now. It's I'm the craziest person. I, I drink like sleepy time tea in the morning when I wake up. <laughs> I'm weird like that. Lavender mint, though, that sounds really nice. It's really nice. That's quite a lot to try that. Who would play you? in the movie of your life? Wow. Um, I mean, if I had my choice, I Charlize Theron could play any, she could play me all day long, please. <laughs> <laughs> She's my favorite. Um, yeah, I'm going to cast her. Why not? Because <laughs> I love her and she can do anything. And last but not least, if you could get in a time machine and give one piece of information to little miss, little Danielle, what would that be? It would be... Um, Put the beauty products on that you put on your face, also put them on your neck. Because as you get older, like we don't realize we have to take care of our neck as well. This is where I, yeah, I don't know what the hell you're about. <laughs> that is a unique answer if ever I've heard one. I love that. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Danielle, this has been a, so much fun. Thank you so much for this. Yeah, thank you. I had a really good time. Thanks for having me on. We really appreciate it. Well, I hope uh, I hope Drew do you goes well. I hope you don't have to actually stay or do anything. Thank you. I hope the same. I mean, I want to do my duty, but I also want to well, go live my life. So, <laughs> Before we let you go, have you got any plugs, social medias, anything you want people to go check out? Ah, you know, I mean, I, I dabble on the social a little bit. I'm on Instagram and Twitter. I think I'm pretty easy to find. I'm Danny Burgio 1111. Um, yeah, you can find my podcast. I've got a website out there, danielburgio.com. I love people reaching out. I, I love interacting with everyone. So feel free to reach out and thanks for letting me ramble on. And not at all. Thanks no, it's been for amazing. listening to all my weird stuff. <laughs> It's been an absolute pleasure. <laughs> Thoroughly enjoyed. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us. But now we managed to get it arranged. And, yes. Uh, yeah. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much. Hopefully, you guys won't have to do too much editing because um, I know there was a lot of clanking around. Oh, I didn't, I didn't I hopefully, anything. you didn't no. hear it. No, no. All good. good. So good, good. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you, Thank so, you much, so much. Yeah, you guys have a great night. Thanks. Oh, we will. <laughs> oh, we will. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I hope we get to talk again soon. Hopefully. Definitely. Okay. Bye. Bye. Just incredible. I love this conversation so much. It was amazing. Such an amazing woman. Yeah. Incredible. You might hear her dog in the background as well, just to let you know. Animals like to be a part of our show recently. They really do. They really do. But only one guest has had the animal show us their arsehole. (laughs) 
Danielle, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to sit down and talk to us. We really, really appreciate it. And we hope that everybody enjoys listening to it as much as we did recording it. It is an absolute doozy. It really, really was. Mr. Stevens. Yes, sir. It's audience participation time. Banging. It's time to participate in Jamie's audience participation challenge. What has he asked you to do this week? Oh, my brothers. This week, I said, it's time to talk about everyone's favourite wizard. Our question to you is simply, when Harry Potter thinks no one is looking, what spells is he trying? Bonus points, what does he say to activate the spell? Are you questioning who my favourite wizard is? Do you know what? I, I didn't get as many responses to this as I normally do. The ones I did get was all the same thing, which you're probably going to guess, and I'm going to use it for the first one, or telling me off for saying that Harry Potter was a favourite wizard. Mine's Wizardora. Oh, Wizardora. We adora. <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah. I think you do. I was just singing it. Because <laughs> the amount of people that I spoke to, because you remember Wizardora, they go, no. Oh, yeah, I remember Wizardora. She was the yeah. best. Um, yeah, so I probably should have reworded it. No, that's right. So no, I was just saying, I was just, I just thought it was funny. You know? Yeah. Um, what spell would he cast when no one is looking? Uh, I don't, I don't like Harry Potter or watch it, so um, I'm not going to go for the obvious, um, which is like penis enlargers or whatever. And yeah, um, I'm going to go for um, Maximus Fudius. Oh, giant version of food. I like it. I couldn't actually think of one, to be honest. Um, we'll just go with what the audience said. So, first off, we have Joe Smith, and I'm just going to use hers as an example because I had so many of these with Enlargius Pinioso. Amazing. So many, so many of people saying this one or variations of it. Simon Boggers, Gonorero Disappearo to get rid of the Hogwarts <laughs> on his wand. Brilliant. Jason Rutherford, Cocanium Leviosa. <laughs> Ian Morrison, Alcohola Moria. <sighs> Ollie Nightingale, Pantalunus Pupicus. <laughs> Jason Rutherford again, Almor Horia. <laughs> <laughs> This one made me laugh, but it's so it's so mean, but so wonderful. Johnny Simpson, Alivius Parentus. <laughs> Adam Weaver, although we said we weren't going to include more of these ones, because it's a Monty Python reference, it went in there. Biggest Dickus. I love that. I love that they couldn't <laughs> keep a straight face every time they filmed it. It's fucking glorious. Brian Plato says, Skidmarcus Arasius. <laughs> <laughs> And last but not least, we've gone with the biggest bloody Harry Potter nerd I know, and that being my wife, Rebecca Westwood. She says, Engorgio Titios. <laughs> <laughs> or, if he's feeling slightly perverted, Liftio Skirtio. <laughs> we love it. We love a bit of Harry Potter. We do. I thank you for all of your participation answers. We really appreciate everybody getting involved. 
Uh, we also love Jamie's Preservation Challenge and we're excited to see what's to come next week. Please be getting your asses involved. Aye. If you also like Callum's Treachings, Tom's Journal, the interview and the absolute bucket load of shit that we speak at the start, then you want to enjoy the other 18 editions of the Chronicles of Podcast. You can find them wherever you get your podcast from, whether that be Spotify, Apple, Google, who knows? It's a mystery. One that will never be solved. You can also find our hashtag WBW way back Wednesdays. Also available on any of your podcast channels because they are also available to be watched within our YouTube channel at the Chronicles of Podcast. Please come and check them out. Please also hit that subscribe button. We would really appreciate it. Our subscribers have started to increase. Please keep the momentum going, boys and girls. You can also follow us on Facebook at the Chronicles of Podcast. You can also find us, Jamie. Where? On the Twitter at T-C-O pod. Jamie, do you know where else you can find said show? I have no idea. On the Instagram at <laughs> T-C-O pod. Do you know where else you can find this, Jamie? There's more places. There's more. The TikTok. Oh. At T-C-O pod. Doesn't seem effect screamed. You can also come and look at our brand new, beautiful, shiny website at www.thechroniclesofpodcast.com. You can find out all about myself, all about Jamie, Callum, Ori, who works in the background, our wonderful PR social media slash manager. You can also come and check out the podcast or the episodes are on there for you available uh, and you can also check out all of our wonderful beautiful gorgeous sponsors syscast stay cozy and of course the sophie lancaster foundation the chronicles of podcast <laughs> downloaders reviewers sharers writers tell all of your friends about us allow us into your ears and most importantly please leave us a review please yeah. If you don't mind, can you just rate us and review us, please? Just leave us a review on our on our pages, whether it be Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I don't mind. Anywhere you get your podcast from, please leave us a review. I like how it's normally something left field, but this week we're just begging. <laughs> now, most importantly, only indulge with us with orange juice. Classy. Without the bits, though. Yeah, no bits. We don't do concentrate. We do from concentrate with no bits. No bits. That or apple and mango. Oh. Hmm. Are you apple juice or orange juice? See, I like I really like apple juice, but I tend to drink orange juice more. I don't know. See, I love them both, but I, if I, I had to choose, both. I'd go for apple. I think if if push comes to shove, I probably would go for apple. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie, we had before we get out of here, a wonderful sit-down conversation and chat meeting with our wonderful manager, uh, Ori. <laughs> our wonderful what, sorry? Manager. Manager. Uh, Ori Kimbler last week. Um, guys and girls, the Chronicles of Podcast from New Year's Eve is going visual. The entire show will be available on our YouTube channel. That's right. The entire show will be available to watch within our YouTube channel. So please come and subscribe. 
and get ready. We will obviously split the interview as we still do, so you won't get the interview involved in the show itself. There'll be two separate videos for you to enjoy every single week. Callum's Treachings are also going visual, so you will see the man himself deliver you his treaches every single week. Yeah. It's going to be beautiful. There's going to be some revamps as well within the show itself, and we are very excited for 2022. We feel a big year for TCO Pod is coming. Yeah, baby. Jamie, excited. Yeah, very. So, uh, go for it. As I said, before we get out of here, as always, we need to say our thank yous. Mr. Matt Roberts, for all the music, please go check out his Spotify, go listen to all his music. As Tom said earlier, he dropped a brand new single last Friday. Go check out staycozyclothing.com. Again, as we said earlier, it's the 12 days of Cosmos. Go grab yourself a limited edition hoodie because they are amazing. And don't forget to use that, that discount code, The Chronicles, at checkout. Get yourself 10% off because why not? And last but not least, go check out the Sophie Lancaster Foundation, our wonderful associated charity. They do some incredible work for an incredible cause and we are absolutely honoured to be joining with them. So please go check them out and help out where you can. I've just done all my Christmas shopping using smile.amazon.com. So a little bit of the profits and what I spend gets kicked towards the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. It might not be a lot, but as Tesco likes to say, every little helps. And one last thing, every week we plug our social medias but we want you guys to do us a favour with your social media. If you've liked this episode, if you've liked this interview, do us a favour, share it, tell your friends about it. They might like it too. Send someone a tweet. Send someone a TikTok going, I just watched this amazing podcast. You should go check it out too. Whatever it is, share the love with all your friends and family because they might like it too. Exactly, Jamie. I second I second that. I third it. I fourth it. Ooh, fourth. Do you know what? I infinity it. <gasps> that's impressive yeah everyone whoever checks this episode out whoever checks the show out whoever listens to us every week if you watch us for 10 seconds or listen to us for an hour we appreciate every single minute of your time so thank you so much for coming and joining us on a weekly basis every Friday at 6pm Jamie another glorious episode it was indeed and another wonderful interview in the bag Danielle thank you so much for taking the time out again to joining us we really really appreciate you wonderful conversation very excited to uh, keep in touch and hopefully have you back on again soon and as for this week we will see you next week goodbye everybody bye, bye. I'm off to eat parrot yogurt <laughs>